Are you ready? Welcome to Radio Grognard, King Size, the OSR podcast with more stuff. With your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya folks, Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. It's a nice day. Oh, those players, they think different. So why shouldn't you? We'll talk about that after this. All right, here's a little thought experiment. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, first background. Now, as you know, I spend a lot of time playing and just as much GMing. But this is for all you forever GMs out there. I have not been one so I did not have that problem. But there are some people, it's like, you bought the book, you're the GM, or who wants a GM? You're our regular GM. That happens. And, but there are times when you get to play, which is good. Now, somebody with a lot of experience playing should use that experience at the table when you're behind the screen. What I'm saying is, you got to start thinking like a player. And I'm talking about a player who sits there in front of you with a character sheet and one character and goes through your world and tries to make a difference or mess it up or whatever the hell they do. What I'm saying is I spent a lot of time playing. Now, that that is a to me, that's a two-edged sword. Okay? If you think like a player... And this is coming from somebody who's, I mean, this is this is for, like said, forever GMs, but any player who turns, you know, turns into a GM should use this knowledge too, but it's mostly for the guys who never get to play. You got, you got to, if you get, if you get a chance to play, take it. And also behind the screen, you're watching the players and, and they come up with stuff that you wouldn't even think they'd come up with, which to me is a good thing. But to handle them, and believe me, they're handling you, you got to start thinking like they do. Now, I, I say it's a two-edged sword because to me, the downside is I spent too much time playing. And so I am a little more sympathetic than usual a, a GM really should be as far as I... I mean, I'm not saying you should be you know, hard-nosed and you know, impassive and, and neutral and things like that, even though that's kind of, you know, that's what you're, you're the world. But the point, the point is, 
flukes happen in the world. Luck happens in the world. Coincidences happen in the world. There is nothing wrong with that. Charles Dickens made his career on writing about coincidences in his stories. So you've got to take that into consideration. And if you've watched it now, and also you got to understand that if this is a new group, you know, you ju just do what you're going to do. Run the game and just watch. Watch them. Um, you know, keep keep one little tiny part. While you're running the game, a little tiny part of your brain watching what they do. And if you've been playing with a, a group for a while, you'll know their, their likes, dislikes, peccadillos, and things like that. And, you know, that there, there's a reason that Gary put certain monsters and traps in D&D when he was running it. Uh, because there's, there's a certain percentage of, like, monsters that were done in answer to things his group would do. I'm sure rust monsters wouldn't exist unless he had a group that was armored up the yin-yang and he couldn't hit them or something like that. Okay? The worst one I ever saw was an ear seeker. These are these are little parasite worms that will crawl into an adventurer's ear and just mess up his brain and stuff. You know why he did that? Because every freaking room in a dungeon that the characters would go to, somebody would go up and say, I put my ear to the door and here if I see anything. Now, some of that to me is BS. It's some of it's extreme. You know, I mean, if you're you're a GM who has to counter everything your players do, that's not right either. But I gave us some interesting monsters anyway. But I would I would be on alert to things that they try and do again and again and again. Now, you can do one of two things. You can figure out how to nip it in the bud or find out when, you know, basically, actually I would it was a it would be a two-step thing. I would not have it succeed all the time just to show them and you now have the idea that they will try this. So you can possibly, in your prep, maybe counter that. Okay? But like I said, this is not a... This is not a... It's, I don't care what they say. It's not a chess game. Okay? You know, they make a move, you make a move. Yes, it happens that way. And you know what? Sometimes they succeed. And sometimes they fail. I'd like to take it as... If it's a gimme, if you want them to succeed, just tell them they succeed. If you want that chance of failure, tell them to make a roll. You know, don't overdo it. Because, you know, the good percentage, at least three quarters of the time, the players, you're going to, I want to do this. Okay, fine, you do that. I want to use my rope and climb up this cliff. And if it's like a small cliff and it doesn't really matter, the fine. You are now at the top and everybody else is following you. You know, that kind of thing. But if you want, if it's a, a big, tall cliff and you may fall and there may be things that bother you on the way up or maybe somebody's shooting at you from another place, hey, you know, make rolls. But like I said, you got to, you got to, it's, it's kind of a variant on picking your fights. And, you know, is it, first thing I think of when they, we, I face with this kind of situation is, Will this affect the game? I'm not going to affect the adventure or the story. It will affect the game. Because as you know, I encourage 
players to think out of the box. And when they come up with something that I think is brilliant, I'll let it, I'll let it go. So you got to think about how's this? Go- well, he, okay, here it is. Here it is. How is it going to affect the forward momentum of this scenario, adventure, game, whatever, this session? How is it going to affect things? You know, things will happen. You know, players, characters make things happen. And if you're bogging them down with like a dozen rolls, that's not moving the, the, the game forward. If you can say, okay, fine, you do it. And you go on. You get plenty of chance to do the roles and stuff like that. Just remember that. It's all, it's all a matter of pacing. But what I'm saying is, if they do something every time, they're going to try something, the same thing every time, you now know that. Put that in your memory when you're doing the prep. Okay, they're going to try this, but I'm going to put that there. Okay, that's one way to do it. The other play is at the table. Um, Gary, Gary, I'm sorry, I quote Gary Gagax a lot, but Gary, Gary used to do the 50% rule. You know, he'd roll a D6, one, two, three, yes, four, five, six, no. And that's basically how he, he figured out if somebody can do something or not. Uh, I'm not saying there's no rolls after that, but that's all I would do, you know. Uh, can I pick the can I pick the guard's pocket? Roll four. No. He catches you. Or whatever consequence there is. You know, I can make something else. As you as you walk up to him, you trip over a, a stone and you fall at his feet or something like that. You know, that kind of thing. But that's the kind of, you know, and that's good role-playing. That's, that's fun. I should say that's fun role-playing. So my advice to you is think like a player. It'll help your prep. It'll help you at the table. And, but here's the thing. Think like a player. Don't try and second-guess the player all the time. If, you, if you've got some, a few things in your prep that, takes care of something they always do, fine. But if you don't do that and just, you know, they, they want to try this, they've done it like 12 times, you can figure out a way for them not to do it or just say, you do it. Okay, fine, you do it. You know, be a little easy going like that, but think like the players. That will only benefit you. Even if I say it's kind of makes me a little soft for the players, but I want them to win. I put these challenges in front of them and I want them to overcome them. It thrills me. And if they overcome in a way that's, that is unusual, unlikely, but there's hardly anything unlikely, or is just a lot of fun, I'm on that side of the table. I'm, I'm with you guys, so let's do this. And if I have to give up a couple of rolls to get you to do it, fine. My, my thing is, I'm thinking of like, if they do something that's really original or really, or really entertains the ta- me, not just me, the table, and if they, I have to give them a roll. I mean, I don't have to do anything, but I mean, if it, the situation is I have to give them a roll, I'll give them one roll. One role, and I will interpret it my the way I want, which means they may fail forward or win at a cost. But something's going to happen. You know, they are going to succeed or somehow, 
or if the failure happens, it won't be as bad. So I want him to succeed and give him one role. And see, that's the thing about roles with players. You don't have no con- you have control over the role behind the screen. You have no control over their roles. So it's all on the interpretation of the game master. So remember that and think like the players next time. All right, I got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognardygmail.com or drop me a voicemail on Spotify for podcasters. We're not, we're nominated? No, we're monetized. So as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program and I would thank you. And if you want to do a single donation, you can go to my Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognard, or my PayPal tip jar, paypal.me slash oldmangrognard. Let me thank these people who do give to me monthly. Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Gilbert Sars, and Benjamin Brodell, you guys are golden. Thank you. For other good podcasts, Dan Gregg's The Young, Y-U-N-G, Young Grognarn Podcast, Kevin at the Red Caps Podcast, Daniel Norton's Bandits Keep Podcast, Randy and Joe's Biggest Geekest Podcast, Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So, one of these days i got to update that list. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. You got questions? You got comments? Send them to oldmangrognarn at gmail.com. Tune in next time when Radio Grognard King Size is on the air. <laughs>